1: Oh, we're on a nice nice little roll right here. Um, You know, like I've said multiple times, the record is what it is. You know, there's a lot of past experiences that go with your record, and we're trying to move forward. We're playing really good baseball right now. That's what's important to me. We'll talk to Dan Wieterer in 15 minutes. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Michaelis, we can talk about the baseball ethics and everything. He lost them the game. He lost them the game.
0: By getting kicked out and forcing Dakota Hudson into the game.
1: Yeah. That was the thing that I thought was lost in the whole conversation. I had to do a bullpen game unexpectedly and then inherit a runner on base. And mm-hmm. the, the Nine innings of that unprepared. I mean, three runs. You play from that lead. You're the better team. That team's ready to punt and pack it in. Like, he lost them the game with the whole thing. Cubs were happy to take it. They've won six straight, eight of ten, five and a half back in the division, four and a half back of the wild card. Did
0: you see Danny that since the all-star break, the Cubs are first in runs per game as an offense. They're first in batting average. They're first in on base plus slugging OPS and they're first in stolen bases. The offense is cooking since the break. I know the 17 run game against the nationals will help, but every night, whether it's the comeback and the second game against the white Sox or last night, they seem to just keep piling on as the game rolls offense clicking.
1: So, the Cubs now have a, according to baseball reference, nearly forty five percent chance to make the postseason. Wow, it seems high. That's crazy high. It says nineteen percent for the wild card, twenty five percent for the division is what baseball reference says.
0: That's fascinating. i i don't I don't really love those. In fact, I don't really like those, and I tend not to look at them. Is fan graphs g- largely Signific- different?
1: Significantly lower. Okay, which feels this has thirteen percent to win the division, nine percent to make the wild cards, about twenty-two percent to make the playoffs. That feels more accurate based on my experience of watching baseball and reading standings. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. You know it, what I mean? Like honestly, sure. like It, it feels, but there you got to jump two teams in the division, three teams in the wild card, four and a half back in one, five and a half back in the other. All right, and you're but you're playing hot and you spend more money and maybe have more talent than a few teams. Sure, call it one and five.
0: Now I'm interested to know what the difference is in the algorithms. I don't know what's public and what isn't because the context that might make you raise that number is the thought process that they will be a buyer and try to get better. Like, I wonder if... There's any room for that subjectivity in there? Probably not.
1: I, I, and I don't think that one addition or two additions at the deadline should account for a 20% differential in playoffs. They're not traded for Shohei Otani. No. You know, but so I, I, I think what will be interesting is here, I think the more the Cubs win, and obviously, right, the, the better chances they are of being a buyer. That's not at, at all revolutionary. But I hope that when people are saying, like, I hear a lot of the go get a starter. Go get a great relief pitcher. Go get a third baseman with power. How many third basemen with power are being traded at, at the deadline? That's that is that is a rare commodity to go out there and inherit. I think that the Cubs are going to be a small buyer. A small buyer. I something like a a veteran, like uh-huh. a 35-year-old bat who has some pop, a relief pitcher. That they think has some upside, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, they're,
0: yeah. They're, they're and 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 part and parcel of that is they're not going to give up premium prospects, correct? For, for for a player, unless it's somebody who is under control for a couple of years, which is why those other kinds of trades interest me so much. The idea of possibly doing a two way thing, but that, oh,
1: that'd be that'd be a huge type of trade and certainly possible because they mm-hmm. will absolutely have expectations on competing next year. I just think a lot of the conversation that we have done and that I have heard and consumed has been, will they buy or sell? But now three days out from the deadline, six-game winning streak, we know that Jed wants to buy. I think we should start trying to set expectations on what type of buyers they will be. If they think that they are a one-in-five shot at making the playoffs, they're not blowing up their farm system for a rental. You know, they, mm. they just won't. So if, if there's a guy who's going to be traded from a bad team that has two years of control left, and that'll get you to part with Ben Brown yeah, or Horton, or I suppose PCA, if you think that you're re-signing Bellinger, even though that would shock me. Enough of this Horton crap, Danny. I know. Caden Horton
0: I, isn't going Cade, anywhere. Cade, Cade. Cade Horton isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't think Cade Horton is is going anywhere unless there is a big-time... Available player, um, yeah, no, I think that is likely Danny, but the question is, how willing are certain franchises going to be to give up that person with an extra couple years? Like when the Padres went after Juan Soto, it was with all those extra years on the deal, and so they gave up a ton in prospect capital to get it because they're like, oh. You'd give us this guy, and that's why that trade was so discussed. And I'm not saying there's a player of that caliber out there, but that's that's why I've brought up Nolan Arenado as like, who knows how aggressive the Cardinals will be as they sell. You look at the Rockies, who are definitely selling. Would they sell on Ryan McMahon, their third baseman, who they signed to a big deal? And is under control for four more seasons, but they're bad. You know, like they're so bad. Are they, do they want to pay him 12, 16 million a year for the next few years while they suck? Those kind of things. So that's where it could get interesting is when you have those conversations and you get next level.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that, that would be an exciting, that would be an exciting bigger swing that they would, that they would take. I'd be a little surprised if they were able to put something like that together, given that for a huge percentage of this, they were looking at being sellers and not buyers. But maybe deadlines make deals and it can happen fast enough. We've got another trade. We do. Yeah. Kendall Graveman, gone. So that's up to five. We're
0: up to five.
1: He's going back to the Astros. Astros and White Sox, an agreement that will send Kendall Graveman back to Houston. Wow. No word yet on the prospects. Coming back. so wow, Jordan Alvarez, good job. <laughs> it's good value. Kyle Tucker? You want Tucker or Alvarez? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, throw him in. I'd
0: rather have Tucker. Plays uh, plays defense. And Jose Altuve, I think. Uh, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, he gets hurt too much. we a buzzer. He wears buzzers, too. Or is it just a tattoo he didn't want to show off? Either way, none of those people are coming to the White Sox.
1: Oh, you were able to exclusively report that? I can't that?
0: exclusively report that the Astros wow. did not part with their three best position players. You are a
1: multi-level baseball person.
0: Oh, it's Jose Abreu. That, that's oh, his coming back. Oh, it's a
1: reunion for both parties.
0: It makes all the sense in the
1: world That's exciting.
0: Wow, so Graveman. All right. See the... Whew, boy. All right, we can take that one off the White Sox payroll for next year.
1: So that's a, So that's five. That is five. Right? You Lynn and Kelly to the Dodgers, Graveman to the Astros, Lopez and Giolito, who starts the night, to the Angels.
0: So that's why I set the number at five and a half, because now who's left? Aaron Bummer, lefty reliever. Um, obviously, Tim Anderson. And they'll get calls about Eloy, but they probably, I don't know if they'll do that. And Clevenger. But Clevenger's got to showcase health and decency, not as a human being. <laughs> that's already been showcased.
1: Some people saying that it's not additive where you add the chance to make the division and chance to make the wild card to the, uh, for your playoff ups. That is how fan does it. They have a column that says percent chance to make the playoffs. And for the Cubs, it's 21.7 and their wild card birth is 9% and their division is 12.8. So add those two numbers together and it's roughly, yeah, it's exact. that's 21.8. So yeah, they're mm-hmm. so I fan adds it together. So maybe there's a, actuary or a statistician in our audience who says that's wrong, but Fangraphs has them chances of making the playoffs at 21.7%. There's
0: got to be some nerd here with the laptop can you give us an answer.
1: <laughs> you go to the baseball reference. I talked, to,
0: I talked to a friend of mine, my Red Sox fan, uh, Boston Ricky, who was on Hit and Run a couple of weeks ago. He was watching that whole game with Bill Burr. He says it's the best experience he ever had watching a baseball game. He watched every moment of that game. As
1: did I. I told you the same.
0: Yeah. Someday.
1: Yeah, but Tanny, Boston Ricky said I know, it. it's Ricky. <laughs> from Boston.
0: Cubs should have Roy Wood Jr. sit in for all game.
1: That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Dan Weederer said today was a slower day of practice. We'll talk to him about offense v. defense. And Alan Williams, Bears defensive coordinator, really sucking up to the media. Jalen Johnson was out there today. Another busy day at Hallis Hall. We'll get a practice report from Dan Wieterer next on The Score.